Hello and welcome to episode 5 of my Off The Track podcast. Once again, a huge thanks to the podcast sponsor, which is Viking Offshore. Viking Offshore is a leading global company in the offshore renewable and shipping sector. For more details, head on over to their website, which is vikingoff.com. Now, without further ado, please welcome the British Rally Champion and six-time Scottish Rally Champion, David Bogey. David, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. No, no, the pleasure's all mine. I've been uh, very much excited for this. It's nice to have, you know, a real nice big name out there, you know. So, <laughs> um, I know I was doing a bit of, bit of research into you and, you know, having a look into your, your titles and stuff. And, you know, you've, you've been at it quite a few years now. It's, tw- you know, 20 years in the game, pretty much. Um, how did it all start and how did you get into it? Yeah, it's crazy to think, you know, 20 years ago I started rallying. I suppose I'm a, a rally veteran now, so I'm one of the old boys in the scene. But, um, yeah, I suppose it started, you know, I had an interest in rallying right from as young as I can remember. Um, my mum and dad, they were always involved in the sport when they were younger. They actually met in the car club when they were 17 years old. So, yeah, of course, you know, being, being you know, growing up in that environment you know that's all I wanted to do when I was at school I wanted to get my license leave school and join the business and go rallying so yeah the bug was was certainly there from an early stage. So that was kind of deep rooted right from from the start so like was your mum and dad into the rallying as well were they? Yeah they were my dad rallied previously in his younger years and then stopped and then focused on growing the business and, and family and so on so he then came back um, it was just after the year after foot and mouth he came back to rallying and uh, campaigned a couple of Metro 6 R4s so of course during that time you know I was at all the rallies getting stuck in so yeah I loved it it's, it's been it's been in my blood all my days Cool and then obviously a lot of us it doesn't go straight to rallying was there any kind of like warm up series or did you ever go go-karting or were you into the motorbikes or was it was it just straight into the rally scene? Yeah, I never, I never done any go karting. I never followed the kind of typical route. You know, a lot of the the current guys, the quick guys now, all started off in carts at a young age. But my background was, you know, quad bikes from as as young as I can remember, and then moving on to cars after that. You know, I think I got my first car when I was like twelve years old. So you know, we're fortunate enough to have you know ground, you know, surrounding our, our business that we we you know. Uh, competed in auto testing and so on so yeah you know I don't know how many cars I had between 12 years old and, and 17 years old but you know I used to go through probably about a car a week so yeah it was you know a, a great way to to get the need for speed before getting the license so yeah good good way to start and in fact I had my first role in a car when I was 12, 12 years old so did you really <laughs> yeah <laughs> what, what what car was that it was actually it was a Talbot Samba uh, was it really? <laughs> yeah, Talbot Samba, and um, yeah, it was it was a good wee car. It was a fairly quick wee car at the time, also very lightweight. Um, and it was actually it was my brother who was driving at the time. Um, he was fourteen, I was twelve. Um, playing about in the fields, you know, typical no helmets, anything mm-hmm. like that. And uh, you know, got the car into a slide, and then it, it got it came onto a section where it caught grip, and and that was it. Over it went. So I think it must have rolled. I don't know a couple of times, maybe three times. So. Yeah, it was it was it was a fairly a fairly big one. So yeah, needless yeah. to say, my mum and dad weren't very happy. But uh, yeah, yeah. first introduction into to putting a car over. That's quite cool. So is that like at the at the family home? Then did you grow up with? Obviously, you're saying you got a bit of land for messing around and getting stuck into. There was like a bit. Was there a bit of a garage and a shed that you know you could get onto the tools and get underneath it and hammer that thing straight? <laughs> <laughs> Typically, it didn't last that long. To be fair. So. <laughs> 
you know, that time it cost money to scrap cars. You know, people just give them to us. You know, we'd you know use them and abuse them, and uh, yeah, and move on. So. Yeah, as I say, it was, it was great fun. I used to park the car outside the front of the house and, you know, as I say, we had plenty of access to fields. So, you know, that, that's what, you know, really got me started and then went on to auto testing after that. You know, auto testing, it's a, a great way to, to learn car control against the clock and, and in competition. So, yeah, that's that's how I really got started in competition before, before going into rallying. Is the auto testing uh, done on grass? Because I know that um, at home on Mull there was an auto test years ago. Maybe they still do it, but I believe that that was on the beach, you know, kind of sand. I suppose it's, as long as it's off land, it, you know, out the way, <laughs> so there's yeah. no damage can be done. Yeah, that's it. So we're fortunate here, you know, with the business. Um, there's a lot of the auto tested auto tests held here um, on, on the concrete and then some in the fields as well. So yeah, we're quite fortunate in that respect that you know we didn't have to go far before we could we could enter competition. So yeah, it was good. So is that something that still goes on to the day now? There's still auto tests run. Yeah, yeah, the car club still use the site for auto tests. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know we've we've obviously been involved in, in the car club a long time. So you know to be able yeah. to support that and give them access, it's uh, yeah good to support the club. Yeah. So you go down and and do you give like some assistance or do you sit any in with any of the youngsters and you know give them a few pointers or you judge it by your history like no chance. No, <laughs> uh... Too much of a risk. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I like a steering wheel in front of me. So yeah, I keep away from that to be honest. What are you like in in a car with somebody else? Are you a good passenger? Have you ever done any na- navigating actually? Yeah, I've done a bit of navigating years ago, but you know, I would say yeah, I'm a good passenger. You can generally tell, you know, in the first mile if, if you're a good driver or not. So you know, if you're confident they're a good driver and they're pushing fairly hard, then you know, I'm content enough. But um, yeah, within reason. It's so funny how you jump in and, as you say, very quickly you can understand from from people like with our background who have done a, a bit of, you know, rallying and, you know, been, a, been in the sport for a while and you understand car control and you get into somebody in, in the car and they're going round and they're, and they're lifting off midway round the corner or they're braking, you know, coming towards the apex and you're like cringing and kind of squeezing and tensing yeah. up. You're like, oh no, just desperate <laughs> that, you know, the journey will be completed. You quickly get out. That's it. No, no, you can tell within a short space of time, that's for sure. Yeah. So, your first rally, uh, looking into it, was about uh, 20 years ago. Can you remember what rally that was and what car it was in? Yeah, I remember it well, I think. You know, it's probably one of the standout moments, you know, going to your first rally, everything's exciting. You know, we bought a we bought a Vauxhall Nova 1300 Nova, which was a fairly basic spec car. It was actually, it was an ex-Barry McGuigan car. Um, right, okay. He'd used it previously, um, and then it went to I think a few owners after that before before we bought it. So, yeah, well, you know, my dad was keen to buy something relatively low power, simple, and and you know, learn the craft that way. So, yeah, the first the first rally was Grisdale Stages two thousand and four. Um, in fact, we entered the Grisdale on the Saturday, and we done the Galloway Hills on the Sunday. Really, so it was a back to back right in for your first back. first weekend. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. So we went into it and um, yeah, it was it was unreal, you know, going to the rally. It was just, you know, a buzz, you know, scrutinizing, signing on and all these types of things. It was just, you know, feeling that you just you couldn't buy nowadays. It's just, you know, great, great memories. Um, so yeah, we've done the Grisdale stages, won the class on the Saturday, basically washed the car and then went to the Galloway Hills on the Sunday. <laughs> and uh, I think we're, we're second in the class in Galloway Hills and uh, most improvement in Seedon. So, yeah, it was it was a dream weekend. 
it's always a good one to get that that uh, highest improvement seeding because you want to go in because they can't seed you anywhere else and pretty much last on the last uh, ten. Well, so you know yeah. that's what you set your your targets on. Get a finish and get that highest improvement seeding, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. I think I was second last car on the road, if I remember rightly. So yeah, you can't you can't really you know see see many higher than that based on having no results. So yeah, it was it was it was great. You know, um, who was uh, who was sitting beside you? Who was in with you? It was my dad's co-driver at that time, a guy David Patterson. So right. yeah, it was uh, yeah, I had great memories. And how did that progress on in the Nova? Then you know, how did you get on? You know, did you get the bug? Obviously, you had the bug all the time, but you know, you did you really get the bug? And you were like, right, we're going to make some improvements. And how quickly did you improve the car? And what did you do to it? Hey, we never really improved that car too much. Um, just learned to learn to craft. We went on different rallies, and you know, had a, a few accidents on the way. But um, yeah, we, you know, we, we took it down. We done the BTRD fourteen hundred championship, um, which at that time was that was the go to championship. You know, all your guys were there. You know, your Neil Weavers and your James Wozencrofts and who else? Matt Edwards. He was doing the fourteen hundreds at that time. So yeah, it was it was clear that if you wanted to, to progress in, in any way in rallying, that that was the way to do it. So yeah, it was it it was, you know, a great championship. You ran fourteen hundred ran before the rest of the field. So you got the best of roads. So yeah, we we've done that. We've done some Scottish championship rounds and yeah, as I say, it's learned the craft that way. Mm, nice. And so, like, while all this is going on, uh, what was your, like, aspirations? Were you just going out for fun? Or uh, are you quite competitive in nature? Yeah, I would say I'm, I'm competitive. I definitely am. You know, I want to go out there and, and win. But at that time, I had absolutely no aspirations whatsoever, you know, to, to, to be, you know, competing and rallying for, for me was, you know, that was that was a win on its own. So, yeah, no, no aspirations. I never believed I'd ever, you know, win a rally, for example, or, or win a championship. So yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was just about going out there and enjoying it. That's what it was, what it's all about. Mm. Well, the aspirations and stuff certainly did come to something. You know, it, it did it start to build momentum once you started to see your results. Like how, how long in before you realised you like, well, hold on here, we're actually quite quick at this. Um, yeah, I suppose, you know, we've got a few good results and when you get good results, you just want to keep improving on that and, and that's just the way it goes. So, yeah, I think we, after that, we, we built the, the Blue Nova, um, which was a, a much more competitive car and, you know, that allowed us to compete at the sharp end of the 1400s. So, yeah, it was a, a Martin Bauer uh, 1400 engine um, and ProFlex suspension, dog box, etc. So, yeah, it was it was uh, it was a fantastic car. In fact, it's still a car I've got now. It's sitting in the garage. So yeah, it's one that's gonna it's gonna stay in the museum. Excellent. So did you get rid of that at any point over your career, or did you always keep hold of it? No, I always kept a hold of it. Um, it's an absolute mint little car. So you know, I thought at that time it'd be great to keep, and you know, in years to come, you know, maybe pass it down to, to my daughter or, or son if there was ever one and you know pass it down that way so no I'd say it's good to have in the garage and as I say you look back and it's definitely great memories from it. Yeah fantastic well in front of me here I've I've got um you know a list of the cars that you, you uh, you've owned and used over the years you know there's there's many there's there's three uh, world rally cars there's numerous you know R5 cars R5 plus rally two cars um, the Metro 6R4, which, uh, you know, I'd love to talk to you about that. The Toyota Corolla WRC and obviously the Nova. Like, across all these cars, like, you know, what's, what's, what's like the standouts? I mean, 
you're probably going to say there wasn't a particular favourite, perhaps, but you know, what was the ones that you really enjoyed and the differences between all those cars? I think you know, it's 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 hard to 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 choose one out of the the, the cars that you've listed there. It's you know they've. I suppose we've had success in, in certainly a lot of them and good memories. So, yeah, it's hard to hard to choose one in particular. Um, my Evo 9, which again, I still have, you know, great memories from that car. Good, reliable, well-built car. And um, yeah, I suppose that that would certainly be, you know, one of my favourites. Um, but, you know, they all, they all brought something. The World Rally cars were fantastic. The Metro 6R4 was a great car to drive. My current Escort is is an unbelievable piece of kit, which again is very rewarding to drive. So, yeah, it's you know if I had to choose a favourite, I would probably say the Evo. Yeah, uh, no, the I wonder is the Evo down to how it how it drove, or is it down to like you know the, the championships that you've that you managed to you know achieve with that? Obviously, you're you know pretty much the only man that's been able to you know. Uh, hold both the Scottish Rally Championship and the, the British Rally Championship, you know, simultaneously in that car, that must have been one hell of a year. Yeah, it was. That was just, that was a fairy tale year. You know, I still <laughs> think back to, to this day, you know, for, for me and Kev doing the, you know, when the BRC was just, you know, incredible. That just blew any expectations just well out of the water. So, yeah, it was good. And also to, to top that off and win the Scottish in the same year, it was, it was fantastic. So, yeah, go, you know, going back to your question, probably, yeah, the memories from the Evo. But, you know, at that point, it was all Group N cars. So, you know, regardless of the car, it's, it's what you're competing against at that time. And, you know, it was obviously competitive at that time. And, you know, obviously, you had Subarus in the scene and, and other Evos, you know, later cars as well. But Evo 9 was just fantastic, well-balanced, you know, very... Almost like an easy car to drive, if, if that makes sense. You know, very... Yeah. Quite, in car but um yeah is it kind of like um when i used the the subaru for for mull for those two years i was slightly nervous before because i hadn't been in the four-wheel drive and they said look don't worry it's it's so easy to drive it's very much like armchair rallying is the way that they put it is that what you would kind of explain the or describe the evil as yeah, definitely. Very much so. It's very, very easy to drive quickly. But obviously, then to get more speed out of that, it's you know very difficult. So, yeah, quite, quite a, as I say, quite a forgiving car to drive. And um, yeah, we had good reliability with it, and you know, success. And yeah, that's uh, that's why it's still in the garage now. Mm. And see the cars like that that have like stacks of torque in them. Are they um, easier or more relatable to drive on gravel? Like, you know, if you're down low end and if you kind of come off the power band, for example, in a high revving car, if you've got plenty of torque and you're on the gravel, do they just dig themselves out of a problem? Yeah, absolutely. Very forgiving, very torquey, you know, good boost, anti-lag system, you know, they're very responsive. So, yeah, a nice, a nice rip, as I say, an easy, easy enough car to drive. So, yeah, we, we really enjoyed our time with that. Mm. And like, as technologies like come on to the, the current day, like with you know, mapping and, and all these bits and bobs. Is that car still, like, uh, competitive against the cars today? You know, like, in sense, like, or is there a, a lot more that you could go back and do to that car to make that even better with performance, for example? 
Yeah, there, there definitely is. You know, the, the car's a Group N car. When we done the Scottish Championship with it, all we done was change the change the four doors and put on a bigger restrictor to to try and get some more weight out it and obviously give the car more power. But you know, there's endless things you can do to them now. You know, it was still with the five speed age pattern box, you make know, it go into sequential box, paddle shift, you know, higher spec engine and so on. So yeah, you can make them into a proper tool now, that's for sure. So uh Obviously, when you had it, were you running it with uh, a, a dog box in H pattern? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was basically a Group N spec car. So, and what what was good about that was obviously we would switch between BRC and Scottish Championship with the same car. And I think you know, obviously, using the same car for both championships, you know, we we're in the car all the time. It was almost like we could go into any corner at any speed and almost always get round it. You know, it was we just knew the car inside out and. You know, in rallying now, there is there's there's no substitute for for seat time. You know, it's difficult for you know the likes of yourself going to well in in uh, a rally two car. It's 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 difficult. It's not it's not easy at all. You know, it would take you you know a lot of the rally just to even get up to speed. But you know, when you're in the car all the time, it, it certainly counts for a lot. Yeah, it's actually an interesting point. I've obviously just recently done the 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 podcast with Neil Roskell who's done, you know, many, many rallies in a short space of time, very, very current. And we talked about um, the benefits of, you know, owning your own car and stuff. And with you, you know, have you ever hired a car or have you owned all the cars that you've had? Hey, we've, we've done both, to be honest, we've, we've owned cars and we've hired cars. So they both, they both have their advantages and, and disadvantages. But, um, yeah, I think if, if you're hiring a car, you still need to, you know, put the effort in with it. You need to go test and you need to do, you know, multiple rallies and not just one-off events to, to get the best out of yourself and, and the best out of the car. Yeah, definitely. It was just the kind of like the sentiment that you were saying there. You knew what that car was going to do when you're coming into the corner. And, you know, that's probably one of the bonuses of of owning that car. You know, you're in the shed. Do you keep them all at the at the family house, do you? You know, no. would all the cars get prepped or do they go out to a, a, a prepping company? Yeah, preparation companies. We've always tried to keep it that way. We, we maintained our own cars in, in years gone by. But, you know, we like to, to focus on, on business and, and working the job in hand and, and, and try and keep rally cars away from that. So, yeah, we, we, you know, we've dealt with various preparation companies over the years from, you know, ProTech Motorsport to McGee Motorsport, CE1 Sport. And, you know, these guys are, are the best at what they do. And I think, you know, with, with any motorsport, you know, what you put in, you get back. So, you know, we leave the, the preparation to the guys that, you know, can do it in their sleep and make sure the cars are 110%. Yeah, it definitely will take uh, a lot of the stress off you over an event. I remember um, when we were coming in behind, on the Mall Rally, we were in behind uh, Matt Edwards and he had a bit of an issue or something and you were like, you know, what are you going to do about it or what are you going to do this or that? And he's like, pretty much I don't care because I've, you know, I've paid the money to the prep and the team and when the car goes into the team, it doesn't matter how bad it is, they'll do his best a job and it was fully thrust which means he was concentrating purely on driving that was it you know it's kind of you get you get what you pay for really isn't it you know if you've got the of the money to outlay that then you're going to see the the benefits for that not and just you know car performance but in your your ability yourself you know stress off i would say yeah absolutely and i think you know i think don't get me wrong it all comes down to budgets and, and what's affordable but at the same time i think it brings value for money at the same time you know, letting these guys prep the cars before the events, during the events and after the events. You know, if there's a problem in the run up to the event, I don't want to particularly know about it. You know, you just want to focus on the driving. And, and likewise, you've got to full trust in these guys that if you do have a problem in service, they can get straight onto it and, and get it sorted. So, 
yeah, I think that brings brings peace of mind and you know, peace of mind and you can focus on the job in hand, it certainly lets you get the best from yourself. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely the way to go if you can afford to do it. But uh, yeah, absolutely, it comes at a cost. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like looking at your other cars, like obviously, I've got a couple of favourites. Well, pretty much <laughs> every car that you've had are are favourites of mine. But I mean, everyone just the six R four. What an incredible piece of machinery! That like the noise that comes off that thing. Was that is that your car? Is that something you you still own, or did you hire that? And tell me a bit about that. Yes, that was my dad's car. And previously, he rallied it, and um, you know, and then and I used it in events. So we sold it. We sold it after Donegal one year, <clears throat> where the car broke down, and it just, we found it got to a stage where the car was just getting a bit long in the tooth. You know, it was old gearbox casings and engine block and old technology. And you know, we're finding we're going to Donegal, which is you know, is a, a three-day rally, you know, a long hard rally, abrasive tarmac, you know, hell of a pace. And, you know, we're putting a lot of effort into getting there, we're putting a lot of time and effort into the car, making sure it was 100%. And, and ultimately, it was it was letting me down year after year. So it got to a stage where we just decided, you know, let's move on from the, 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 the 6R4 and build a Mark II Escort. And, you know, and with that, bring reliability. And, yeah, that, that was the reason for that. So, yeah, we sold it. You know, looking back, should we have sold it? Probably not. It was it was a car. It would still be nice to have. Garage, but at the end of the day, you can't keep them all. You know, if you're moving on to something else, that comes at a cost, and you've got to, yeah, you've got to create money to to move on. So, yeah, that's when you went. Yeah, before we move on to the elusive Mark II that you mentioned there, um, the, yeah, I mean, I think my standout favourite is the the Focus WRC. It's just such a beautiful shape of a car, and seeing that thing kind of just sideways and clips and stuff like. That that level of, you know, obviously it's a world rally car. How you've driven a lot of cars, how does that compare to the likes of an R five car or a rally two car? Are these things, you know, are they not going to be able to compete nowadays or are they still worth it if you can drive them with? Yeah, obviously a very capable car still, you know, you know, against the, the, the rally two cars undoubtedly, you know, struggle with, you know, traction, braking, how the car turns in, how it goes over the bumps, you know, the modern cars now, you know, uh, you know, they travel the ground so fast, they get so much traction. Whereas, you know, the O2 Focus, it was a real grab it by the scruff of the neck, very strong built car, obviously active diffs, which was, was nice, but, um, yeah, just a great fun car to drive. Just throw it into the corner and keep your foot in the throttle and, and get around that way. It was, yeah, I think when you watch the the videos from that, you know, it was very much a, a grab it by the scruff of the neck car, as I say. It's probably the only way to describe it. But, um, yeah, I think they got to a stage where, again, they were getting quite difficult to run, getting parts, getting mm. technical knowledge to run them was getting difficult. So that's uh, that's why we moved on from O2 car to the R5 car. Ah, okay. And you say getting getting the the technical knowledge. Like, were they quite advanced for the time? Obviously, as a world rally car, like, is there is was there quite a, a high level of maybe tech on the car, or quite advanced? Yeah, they were. They were. They were a fairly advanced car when it came to the active diffs and the engine mapping and the diff mapping and so on. It was yeah, they were. They were fairly technical at that stage. You know, obviously the budgets into rally cars was. You know, pretty high, um, and then they also look to 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 reduce that moving forward. So yeah, there was a lot of technology in there for that time, um, and I think at that, you know, at that time also there was a lot of guys at M Sport who were current with those cars. Whereas 
you know, when I was using it, a lot of these guys had moved on in the actual electronic side, you know, it was getting a bit harder, finding parts was a bit more difficult, who was going to do the rebuilds and so on. So it was becoming a bit more complicated. And, and that's when we thought also the next the next stage is to, to go R5, which, you know, has paved the way for, for, for Rally and Emerson's. Mm, yeah, the R the R five cars and now the Rally two cars they've just taken over the whole market, really, haven't they? They have, and, and to be honest, it's the way it probably should have been, you know, way before R five even came about. You know, it's a relatively you know, simple setup. You know, any manufacturers can build cars and you know and and, and join in, and so <clears throat> that, that's what we need. The more manufacturers and rallying, the better. So yeah, they're, they're yeah, great cars, capable cars, and, and relatively simple as well. Mm. And then the difference between an R5 car and a Rally 2 car, is that quite a stark difference or unless you can drive it right, is it not too far away? No, I don't think it's too far away. Obviously, like the Polo, for example, is an R5 car, which is competing against the Rally 2 cars. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's much in there. Just obviously a bit more development, chassis development and so on went into the Rally 2 cars. So, yeah. Mm, I'm obviously asking with a bit of, <laughs> you know, ulterior motive there. You know, I'm thinking, I, I, the, the rally two, you know, to do mull and the rally two again for me, it's just, you know, out of my budget. But you know, is is R five maybe just slightly cheaper? You know, can I make that happen? And you know, can it still compete? You know, will I still be able to compete? And you know, maybe as you're saying, to make a higher car worth it, you've got to be doing at least two, three rallies before you get the best out of it. So probably spending that extra money isn't going to make a lot of difference for myself. So that was uh, that was the reason I was asking that. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. it. As I say, seat time, you can't compensate for seat time. So yeah, that would be my recommendation. Yeah, no, nah, fantastic. Uh, so let's move on to this absolute rocket ship, uh, incredible car, the Mark II, uh, the Mark II Escort. So um, actually, what I would like to do is I'll just open up uh, with a clip, if you don't mind, uh, and we can have a little bit of a watch of this just to, to show everyone at home. I mean, that speaks for itself, does it not? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you must have watched that video a few times. Yeah, I have. It's a video Callum Shanks uh, put together for us. So, yeah, it's, it's a great video. That was testing down at Dundrennan, the military range down there. So, yeah, it was good. Fantastic bit of kit. 
Oh, it's incredible. And just looking at it there, you look so comfortable. You're in almost like a go-karting position. Everything's just to your hands. You've got the paddles and, and the handbrake, which you're obviously using. <laughs> it's fantastic. Like that, that car, um, there can't be a lot standard on that. <laughs> no, you know, no, there, no. there's not a lot. I mean, is, is it Mark II in Shell, and is, is that maybe where it ends? Like, what, what kits on it? Yeah, pretty much. So, with the Escorts, the first Escort we built was a gravel car, um, which was the car that we actually won the Donegal National in back in 2016. Um, so, it was a gravel car, and the plan was to, to build a car and, and <clears throat> go to gravel rallies. So, we built that car. It was built from a Mark II Escort my dad had when he was back in, I mean, he was about 21 or something. Um, so it was a car that he'd sold. I think it went to 13 owners after that. Bought it back in 95. It was last taxed in 96. And then shat, sat in a shed after that. So it was a friend of ours, Murray Grierson, who said, you know, you'd be better building that into a proper gravel car. Speak to Big Hamish and get him to build it into a, a rally car. So that's how the concept came about. And we built a gravel car, which was great. And we decided then, you know, we'd be better building a tarmac car, you know, to be as competitive as we could be across in Ireland. So that's that's where the concept from for the, the tarmac car came about. Um, so yeah, 2.5 Millington engine. It's a higher rev in Millington, so it revs to just over 10,000 revs, um, mm. which, you know, I'm, I love modified rallying and, you know, I want to hear cars rev. So that was, that yeah, was yeah. For, for going for revs. But to be fair, the engine's still very torquey as well. So you don't have to use all those 10,000. But um, yeah, Millington engine, six-speed tractive box, Rager dampers and, and so on. So yeah, great fun car to drive. No, oh, it is. It is brilliant. One thing I have heard, obviously, is the traction control off the line and how that's kind of you know, limiting it and you're, you're almost, it's like, you know, kind of really holding it back. Now, obviously we know that it's a, a lot quicker, but is it, is it cheating? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more traction, less action. That's what I <laughs> so, yeah. Do you know, I just love that. I love the technology side and, and that's what's great about the Escort. You basically were a blank sheet of paper and, um, you know, we could basically, within reason, you know, do anything we wanted to, to the Escort, which obviously are con constraints by uh, homologation with the Rally 2 cars. You can do diffs and damper springs and so on, whereas that was a real blank sheet of paper. So, yeah, we decided uh, traction control, which to begin with, you know, I heard some videos outside the car and I thought, nah, I want to see the car sliding. But yeah, 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 yeah. I'm really dialed in the traction control and, you know, the traction control works heavily out of junctions off the line, but the car's really labouring. You can hear the misfire, whereas it works off a wheel speed sensor, a GPS sensor and a G4 sensor. So GPS? A GPS sensor as well. So these three are speaking to each other at the same time. So we've done a load of work where Robbie Thornton, the, the, the engineer, has done a load of work on, on the mapping element and, you know, fine-tuned it to my driving. So there's times I want the car to slide. There's other times I don't. And, um, yeah, that's that's how we got it. That's how we got the traction control working well. That is incredible. Is this something that's, that's used along in, in other cars or something? I mean, where is this technology used? This is brilliant. Yeah, I suppose it's, you know, it's been in rallying before, but, you know, not so much in, in the UK and Ireland. So, yeah, I think it's, you know, the traction control would be a hindrance if it wasn't set up correctly. 
Um, <laughs> when you have it set up correctly to the driving style and what you want, it's certainly it's it's a benefit. But mainly in the, in the slippier conditions. Um, yeah. So something we've done a lot of work to, and um, yeah, as I say, we've got it working really well. So see some of these settings. Um, you know, taking a guess at it, obviously, once the GPS sees that the car's moving slow, um, you know, in in a whole form, coming out of junctions and stuff, you want quite a lot of traction control there to get you get yourself away. But, you know, maybe a bit of a, a slide at high speed in fifth gear, you, you maybe don't want that cutting you out. You just maybe want to let it let it go. Like, have you do you have you made the decisions on how you want that all set up? Yeah, definitely. You're you're right. Out of slower junctions, you want the car to, to to find traction and move forward. Whereas in higher speed, you know, medium speed and high speed corners, the car will, will quite freely slide within reason. Um, but there's almost a, a degree that if the car's sliding too much at a high speed, you know, we've then fine tuned it to let us know we want a bit more traction control in there just to to assist with that. So. Yeah, it's 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 definitely it's it's definitely something that's been you know good fun to be in, involved in and in, in set up and, and fine tune. Um, so yeah, as I said, uh, technology element. Oh, it's incredible! Absolutely lovely bit of kit. Great to see. I actually uh, remember I was um, I don't know maybe ten cars back or, or or something in the Mull Rally, just about setting off through the Glen. I says it. I know it's a little bit raining, but I don't care. I'll take the steamed up windscreen. I'm going. I'm going down to watch this this thing off the line. You know, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yes, go oh, on, no. boy, <laughs> give it <Yeah>. to. Him. <laughs> People love it off the start line. So they do. you can see, like, you'll you'll pull up to the start line and you draw up to the line. You see everybody get their phones out in their pocket and they just start videoing it. You know, yeah, it's great to see. So you either see people standing videoing it or people holding their ears. So uh, <laughs> yeah. it, gets a, it gets a reaction from everyone. So yeah, off the start line, depending, you know, if it's real slippy, we'll just set it on, on lower revs, which we can adjust on the steering wheel. Or if it's real abrasive tarmac, we can turn it up so you get real high revs to stop it bogging off the off the start line. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a, a favourite on the, the start lines, that's for sure. That's fantastically interesting. And so you're seeing on the steering wheel, like obviously, Looking at that steering wheel, it looks like something that's that's taken straight from, you know, M Sport, straight from a, a World Rally car. I mean, is it just the way that it's set up that it looks like that? Is it actually quite basic or, you know, what's your controls on it? Yeah, it's quite user friendly. In the gravel car, you know, everything was down between the driver and the passenger seats. So mid-stage, you know, if you had a problem or you wanted to adjust the screen or anything like that, it was all, you know, down below. So you had to take your eyes off the road. So I wanted when we built this car to make sure that everything was at the steering wheel and everything was located where we needed it to be. So the things that we needed most, for example, the wash wipe is on the, the indicator stock. So you don't have to move your thumbs to find a button. You just do that and flick your fingers. Yeah. So stuff like that, you know, and everything's easy to access and where it needs to be. So yeah, traction control was one that, that it was obviously we can, we can access from the steering wheel. So for the likes of the Nocala stage in Donegal, you know, we wanted a nice slide down to the hairpin. So we just turned it off altogether. <laughs> of course you did. Uh, once we got over the top again, we turned it back up again and keep it a bit safer. So... <laughs> Um, oh, what are you like? Unfortunately, when we went off on 2019, I went spun it down the road and smacked the wall. I went down the road. The trash control was working there, but unfortunately, it was the speed over the crest and, and landing on the grass. The trash control just shit itself and said, There's nothing I can do to help you. So, <laughs> You're on your own, boy. That was that. That was that. Hold on. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. No, this, oh, it's, it's just brilliant. And so you're obviously doing a, um, uh, a lot of this kind of 
like progression with all this technology. Have you got any ties with M Sport over the years, or, or you know, have you done any advisory work, or you know, because you've got so much rallying experience, they must have given you a shout. Yeah, um, I suppose just going going back to what you say there with involvement in technology, I must say it's you know it's Hamish and Robbie that that build the car and look after the car. You know, it's it's their hard work that allows me to you know fine tune it to my driving. So no, it's it's definitely a credit to them. Um, but certainly with going back to M Sport, yeah, I've done some shakedown work for M Sport, which has been good. Um, the world rally car um, so yeah making sure the cars are you know okay before they send them away abroad or overseas or, or wherever they go so yeah it was good just to go around the airfield throw the cars about make sure everything's you know running at the temperature and pressure they should be running at nothing's going to fall off the car so yeah it's been good but in terms of development i've never done any development just shape down work okay is that something that you would have liked to have done or have you you know is that is that is that something you've maybe tried to push for in the past um, no, not not so much. Um, I enjoy enjoy the development of, of my own car, but you know, there's probably better development drivers out there from a, from a mechanical sense. Um, you know, mm. I'm very good at telling you, you know, what I like and what I don't like, but how to get there, you know, rely heavily on the engineers. Whereas there's maybe other guys that can maybe help the engineers a bit better, perhaps. I don't know, but um, yeah, as I say, I enjoy enjoy working away on my own, my own rally and put as much effort in as I can do. So is that is that something you that you still do to this day? Do they still give you a call to go and do some stuff in the in the world cars? Um, no, not not laterally, um, not not in recent times. But um, yeah, I suppose if they wanted me to shake down the latest generation car, then <laughs> along the road. you're not going to say no. Yeah, no. that's it. I'm cheaping only along the road, so it won't be a problem. <laughs> oh, brilliant! No, it's uh, really really interesting stuff, and then. Obviously, we're talking about uh, Irish Rallying and, and Donegal now. Uh, you know, I did a bit of research and found out that the first time that you went over was to spectate when Loeb was there in 2007. You kind of caught the bug, which, I mean, as a lot of people do over there, it's an incredible place. I've been over the mis- there myself. I've seen you over there. We've had a bit of a chat in the service park, and there's a hell of a buzz about it, and they're great crack, you know, great socially in that as well. It's a fantastic event, like... Obviously, you've managed to, to, to win the National Rally twice over there, but you must have some great stories from over the years. Yeah, it's just it's an incredible place to go, incredible stages, incredible people, and I think the welcome that you get there just surpasses you know, any rally that I've ever been to. You know, you're just made welcome by, you know, competitors, organisers, and just the general public. You know, they want to see people across from Scotland competing in the rallies. So, yeah, fantastic event. And as you say, you know, when I went across the first time in 2007, you know, low being there, that was just an uh, unreal experience, you know, to watch, you know, undoubtedly the, the greatest driver of all time, or certainly in my opinion, you know, was, was fantastic. And, and ever since then, I was saying to the boys that I was with, I'm going to come back in a Metro 6 R4, so... Yeah, fantastic. No, brilliant. And then, you know, you've obviously come over and, you know, I've seen you on Mull and you can uh, as high as third place overall in Mull, but, you know, uh, British Rally Champion, six-time Scottish Rally Champion, surely there's unfinished business there. Yeah, I'll definitely be back at Mull this year. Uh, Unfortunately, I missed the, the last two years. My brother got married in Brazil, which clashed. Um, so we missed that and then last year obviously you know my wife was due uh, birth of a little girl so I missed it again so I'll definitely be back this time so plan is to, to go back with the escort again unless that changes but um, yeah I think I think for me you know it, it'd be great to go back in a four-wheel drive car don't get me wrong but you know I think taking an escort to Mull it's 
you know, the first time I ever went to Mull was, you know, for one reason, and that was to watch Callum Duffy in an escort. Yeah. I met Callum at that point. I just heard about Callum, you know, the postman from Mull who has never been a postman. And all this, <laughs> I know. this guy, it was like the myth, the legend. And it was like, <laughs> quite a last minute plan. Me, my dad and a mate of mine just set off and that was it, went to Mull. And it was, it was just class, you know. And hearing his escort at that time for miles, I was like, right, I need to come back here and something that makes a lot of noise, you know. So, yeah, maybe someday in a four-wheel drive car, but the plan would be to take the escort back, I see. Oh, I love it. And I love the sentiment towards the the kind of two-wheel drive, the the escort and mull. I've got exactly the, the same memories, you know, of Callum Duffy. It was inc- I loved the podcast with him as well. So, so interesting. And, um, you know, when I think of the mull rally, that's what I think of is Mark II escort, Callum Duffy, you know, just roaring it off the line and you're just hearing these things coming from miles away. It's just brilliant and it's brilliant that obviously you've kind of found that and thought, no, I'm going to I'm gonna keep going with that. I mean, it took you quite a while to come over as well. I mean, for me, I'd always heard the rumour that you that you weren't actually allowed to come, that uh, the risk factor of Mull was uh, that your mum wouldn't let you. Is, is, there <laughs> any, is, there, is there any truth in that? Or? No, no, there's no <laughs> truth in that. So, to be honest, you know, it, it, probably, it probably took us longer than, than it should have done to get to Mull. And it was for no other reason than, you know, we were doing plenty of rallying at that time, be it the, you know, the 1400 Championship or the Evo Challenge or the Scottish Championship or the British Championship. And yeah, probably just doing, you know, plenty of rallying in the year without, without going to Mull. So, that, that was the only reason. Um, but then obviously going spectating Mull, you know, I probably went from getting asked once a month when you go do Mull to after spectating. There wasn't a week went by when somebody wasn't badgering me, you know, when you <laughs> scared of Mull and all this kind of stuff. So, no, it was, uh, yeah, first first time at Mull was, was great. It's, it's a fantastic rally. You know, we're so lucky to have it as well. You know, the roads and the island and the way, you know, the island embraces the rally as well. It's, it's fantastic. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to getting back again. Brilliant, brilliant. You say um, that you unfortunately missed it the last two years, but for me, I was quite happy with that. Uh, not at all, <laughs> not at all. So, no, obviously, obviously, I was following the rally. And I must say it was, it was great to see. It was a tall order going there first time in the rally to the car. It was, you know, and the pace was good, kept it on the road. And, and that's what it's all about. You know, it's the same with Mull every year. It's not always the fastest. The man wins and, and no disrespect, you've got to be there at the end. And it's the proper test of man and machine, managing your car, managing your pace. And uh, it's just so easy to make a mistake when you're on the, you know, the wrong tyre and wet conditions and then it dries and, you you know, you lose a chunk of time in a stage. you just got to drive with a sensible head. And, you know, that's that's what wins Mull. And, um, you know, I think with any of these results, that's what you look back on, you know, it's, all about spraying the champagne and lifting the trophy. It doesn't matter how you get there. Yeah, absolutely. No, I've definitely found that the Mull Rally is definitely much a, an endurance event. <clears throat> you know, I've said that, said that for years, you know, you just keep it on the road. And for, for me, you know, not outright pace, but I'll keep it on the road and, and get to the end and let everyone else make the mistakes. But how does <clears throat> the likes of the Mull Rally compare to other events? It, what's, what other events are, or is there any other ones that are quite similar to Mull? Um, I don't suppose so. No, I don't suppose so. I think it's the fact, you know, Mull, it's the same stages that are used, you know, year after year. You know, it's it's more, you know, absolutely mastering that particular section of road rather than, you know, doing new stages and learning new roads year after year. So I think that it's the pace there is just, it's incredible. Um, so I think that's probably what makes it so special. 
you know, obviously narrow roads, you know, really good grip levels. Um, so, yeah, I suppose, I suppose if you were to say something similar, you know, the likes of Argyle would be similar in places and so on. But no, there's there's nothing like it. Mm. Yeah, it's quite interesting that you <clears throat> that you say that, and obviously using the same or, or very similar, um, you know, different formats uh, over the years. You know, and with the open recce and stuff, you can come up two or three times through the year, and you can you can just recce and recce and recce and go round it and and really learn it. And obviously, local knowledge is a of huge benefit. But you know, the likes of like Daniel Harper and stuff. Um, and Dougie Hall, you know, folk that have been coming for years and years and years, and they've built up their their own local knowledge. And it was actually interesting. I was just picking up on what you were saying there. Kind of, I had a a, a conversation with John McCrone, and it, we were kind of talking about like he knows the road that well now that it's trying to bring almost like a like a circuit uh, type feel to it. You know, just breaking that little bit later. Or you know, a, you know, a little bush in the corner, break at that bush, and you know, it's almost it's it's not like any other rally where <laughs> you just pick up the pace notes and go for it. It's it's very kind of different in that sense. It's more like a, a circuit race even. Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to describe it. But as you say, you know, it is an open recce, you know, all year round, which gives the new guys, you know, certainly an advantage in that respect. But yeah, it's a rally that you've really got to learn and, and really got to master. So it'd be easy to lose. <laughs> chunk of stage and I'll lose a chunk of time in a stage and, and really get disheartened but such a long rally and you know the pace just comes with more experience so yeah we're looking forward to getting back there see if we can have a, a good run again. Excellent no great to hear I really look forward to you coming back. Um, talking about uh, obviously growing up uh, with your mum and dad in the rallying scene and you know the land and you talk about business and stuff like obviously business is is a big part of of your life, you know, very kind of competitive person on the rallying stage, but you know, off off the the stages, you know, quite a successful businessman yourself. What what is it you actually do? Um, yes, yeah, so it's family business that I'm involved in. So I've got a brother in the business as well, and of course my mum and my dad. So yeah, we're involved in various things from animal rendering to transport to waste management to plant hire, forestry, agriculture. Yeah, a bit, a bit of everything, commercial property, and residential, and so on. So, yeah, it's enough to, to, to keep us busy, that's for sure. But um, mm. yeah, we, we work hard at it and, um, you know, it allows us to go rallying. But at the same time, you know, rallying is a good way of, of promoting the business as well. Um, so, yeah, works hand in hand. Have you seen, you know, a return of investment, for example, with sponsorship on board the rally car? You know, with you know, when you go around with the business decals on it, do you see uh, actual return on that? Yeah, it's it's always hard to quantify, but you know, obviously, you know, brand awareness is is good. You know, always carry Oak Bank in the car and Northeast Fallen Stock. The branding all change from 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 rally to rally, but um, yeah, it's good and it's opened it's opened a lot of doors. Which you know, contacts that you meet within um, within rally and business contacts, and you know, it's a great introduction to to, to any meeting. You know, if they say, oh, "Are you the rally man?" You know, <laughs> conversation just flows from there. So, yeah, it's it's good. It works hand in hand in the business. So, yeah, it works well. So, what you're saying is, you're doing the difficult task, the really difficult task of promoting the the, the family business by, you know, really just spending your weekends away rallying. You know, just really doing your bit. <laughs> Doing my bit, doing my bit, exactly. I leave my brother at home to hold fort, so... Oh, brilliant. Oh, no, fantastic. No, that's really good. And if it's working, then, you know, that's it's fantastic. Um, 
I do want to ask, I did I did wonder you say about like animal rendering stuff, like I'd always heard like a rumour over the years that, um, was it foot and mouth or one of the diseases or something, you know, gave you the business a, a, a big boost, is that, is, is there any truth in that and is that what's helped your rallying career today? Um, no, it's, it's a fourth generation business, um, foot and mouth had no real impact on our business. Um, so yeah, we've been around a long time, you know, service the, the whole of the UK and, and Northern Ireland. So yeah, it uh, keeps us busy. Um, so yeah, as I say. And what is behind that? Like, do you, you know, at the time was, were you disposing or did you dispatch livestock or how did it actually work? Uh, during foot and mouth time? Yes, yeah. Yeah, during foot and mouth time, no, we carried on lifting from the abattoirs as per normal, but obviously all the carcasses were being, you know, they were being, um, you know, disposed of on, on the, the landowner's um, site. So, yeah, we didn't we didn't really benefit from that at all. But, um, and hopefully it never comes back again, because it's not really something that you want to benefit from. You know, it's a disaster that, you know, we'll hopefully never see again in our lifetime. So. Mm, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's obviously like lots of, other it sounds like there's quite a big portfolio of like different little bits like what's your favorite or what's the ones would do you tend to kind of just jump into to each bit and check how everyone's getting on and just see what they are needing and you know kind of logistics and just overall management what's what's kind of like your role yeah kind of see yeah oversee all the, the, the different businesses um, we've probably got involvement in some more than others but between myself and my brother we kind of share a an overview of, of them all so yeah every, every day is every day is a busy day and every yeah day challenges but no it's it's enjoyable um as i see having a brother in the business is good you know we get on very well and you know that makes coming to work good and uh yeah as i say i enjoy every day i enjoy every day at work you know, even the bad days i still enjoy them i might moan about them but um yeah still and are you quite well traveled then are you are you you know constantly on the phone or going around to different sites or you know, traveling around, seeing the lads or, you know, what's what's a typical day? Yeah, typical days in the office, but yeah, fairly well traveled. Yeah, as I say, we collect quite a, a vast area of, of the countryside. So, yeah, between seeing customers and dealing with staff and so on, you know, we're pretty well traveled. Mm. And then obviously, like, work hard and play hard, kind of going back to the to the rallying. Is, is the rallying like a, a family affair? I mean, I know that you know, your mum and dad in, in the past have been into the rallying and obviously you're driving now, but is it still like that kind of uh, community feel, you know, that kind of like family thing, like we all get behind David and we all go and support and, you know, is your mum on the events like, you know, helping out, just looking after you, making sure everything's good and just like all kind of getting together? Yeah, 100%. You know, my mum and dad are at every rally I go to, my wife comes along and yeah, it's, it's very much a, a family event. Um, unfortunately, my brother most of us to, to stay at home and hold for it, but um, yeah, it's good. You know, they 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 love getting away as well, and yeah, as I say, it's uh, it's nice. It's nice to go rally. It's nice to go to competition, but you know, it's even better when the family are around you. Yeah, no, brilliant. I mean, talking about family, and obviously, as you've mentioned earlier on in the podcast, obviously, you have a new 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 addition. Yeah, that's it. So it's it's all changed, but changed for the better. So yeah, she's she's doing fantastic. She's fifteen weeks old now. So yeah, just yeah, at a great age now, little character. And um yeah, it's been nice to enjoy the winter with her. And uh, now yeah. she's yeah, now she's up and uh, and doing well. We're looking forward to going rallying again. And how how are you how are you finding it home? Are you taking to it well, like or are you trying to cut back on maybe your hours at the business or 
Um, no, I think you know I'm very fortunate. Joanna, my wife, made an excellent mother as well. You know, she's doing a, she's doing a great job. So you know, I've got a relatively straightforward. It's uh, you know, I've got my jobs to do, but um, no, she she's doing a great job. And yeah, it's it's yeah, it's been fantastic. We're away last weekend with her, and you know, just yeah, great having her around. Great fun. Um, yeah. So, yeah, couldn't be happier. And the likes of like your holidays and stuff is is it always like rallying related or? You know, to get your get yourself away and you know for time by yourself that's not rallying related, or is it all rally? <laughs> <laughs> no, we do. We try and get away on holidays as as much as we can as well. I think you know rallying it's it's a great it's a great way to get away from things for a while. And I don't know if you could say switch off, but you know it's certainly going away to a rally is different to to going away somewhere hot and lying on the beach and relaxing. So no, we do try and get away in, in a few holidays a year and just switch off and. Yeah, I think I think you need that, you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, um, obviously with your uh, little girl, can, is, do you think she's going to be next uh, next rally champion? You know, I suppose <laughs> you'll probably get asked that quite a lot, like <laughs> following yeah. uh, daddy's footsteps. That's right, that's it. So at this stage now, I think I'd be too protective of her. Um, I think I'd worry about her too much. So yeah, hey, we'll need to wait and see. It's not something I'd ever push her into, but um, yeah, if she wants to she wants to play tennis or wants to go rallying or, or whatever, we'll just need to wait and see. But no, it's definitely going to be nice to have her at rallies. You know, it's been nice coming to yeah. seeing her there and having her involved. So yeah, brilliant. Maybe driving a Mark II Escort at some point. Fantastic. And then kind of like talking about the youngsters uh, of today, what's <clears throat> what would be the best kind of starting point? I asked the same question to uh, Callum Duffy and he said, to be honest, you just got to go for it. If you've got the budget, go straight in as, as, as high as you can manage. You know, it almost sounded like he was saying, don't even bother two wheel drive, straight in four wheel drive. If that's what your intention is, just go kind of straight to the top. And I think looking at the likes of like Callie, Rob and Perra and stuff and I think across the sports, even in Formula One, you know, it seems like these motorsport personalities are getting into it at the top end so early because maybe the brain can just adapt it and learn so much quicker. It sounds like maybe the kind of way is not to actually waste time, you know, going up through the ranks. You know, if you can afford to do it, just straight into it. I mean, from your experience, what would you say somebody just getting into rallying should do? Yeah, it's, it's a hard one. You know, the likes of Cali, you know, going straight into to four-wheel drive, but, you know, he'd been driving cars, you know, since, since it was that video that was circulated of him driving. Yeah. He looked about six years old or something. So, you know, he'd obviously spent a lot of time in a rally car before actually going into four-wheel drive for his first event. So, yeah, I suppose, you know, Callum's right. If the budget's there, you know, don't mess about, you know, do the, the prep work before you turn 17 and, and get straight involved. Um, but, you know, for my advice to, to any, you know, young driver looking to start rallying is enjoy it. And, you know, that mm. might sound, you know, daft to say and, and, and obvious to say, but there's so many people get involved in rallying and the bug bites and they get sucked in and you almost forget why you're there. And, yeah. you know, I think you want to go to every event and whether, you know, you have a good result or a bad result is enjoy your rally and, and see what it takes, you know. And um, there's so few seats now, you know, manufacturer seats and, in seats that you don't have to take, you know, a serious amount of money um, to, to get. So, yeah, I think, you know, the juniors these days have a fantastic opportunity with the, the Junior 1000 Championship. You know, that was mm. around in my day. So I think, you know, by the time they're 17 and ready to, to get on to, you know, the bigger cars, then, you know, they're in a fantastic position. 
Yeah, no, no, definitely some 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 good advice there, but oh no, it's uh, <clears throat> I definitely uh, agree with the sentiment of uh, enjoying it. I mean, you'll you'll know from rallying, you know, alongside me a couple of times here and there, and you know that I'm certainly not shy and enjoying it. And That's then obviously <laughs> you've been there with, with with my brother Craig and stuff, and ugh, I think Craig was fantastic because he really reminded me, look, Gus you're spending all this money, you might as well bloody enjoy it. And, you know, uh, Daniel Harper was actually said some nice things. He was like, do you know what, you know, despite what happened to him at the rally or whatever, he was, he was happy because we were coming in, uh, you know, time controls and stuff and he could see us laughing and cheering and we're getting out and, you know, there's no huge, big competitiveness about us, you know, we're there and having a bit of the crack and a bit of wind up, you know, kind of taking the piss out of each other and stuff. And, you know, I think um, you're definitely right. You know, enjoy it is 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 definitely the 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 way forward because the results will come if you're there having the, have a great old time. The stress is off and the results will follow. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that's you know, I was obviously watching them all through the live feeds and so on, and see you guys enjoy it. It was it was great to see, and that's why yeah, that's why I was cheering you on. It's uh, it's nice to you know to to I don't know what's the, the term to you know just. Enjoy it, enjoy it, express it, and uh, yeah, that's it. Was good to see that's for sure. Yeah, no, no, brilliant. And uh, okay, I have to say, you know, a big, big thank you to you over the years. You, you know, for for somebody that's got so much experience and and such a profile. You know, I've I've reached out to you in the past and says, look, I'm wanting a bit of advice on on this and that, and you've always been extremely personable and. You know, it certainly seems that, um, you know, you're not going to turn away from anyone at any rallies that's going to come up and try and speak to speak to yourself. So, you know, hats off to you for that. And, you know, thanks for still still enjoying it and, you know, kind of willing to talk to, you know, <laughs> folk like me. <laughs> yeah, that's it. No, no, not at all. It's, uh, you know, everyone's the same. It's, uh, you know, when I met Ken Block, you know, in, uh, back in 2019, you know, he was the same, obviously, you know, a global superstar, you know, an absolute, you know, what he's done for motorsport is is incredible. And I remember when I met him and in a short space of time, you could just see he was just a normal guy that just had a passion for the sport. It was no different to anyone else. Yeah. And I suppose that's, you know, it applies to, to all the drivers, the guys in the World Championship, just normal people, just some going quicker than others, I suppose. So, yeah, I think that's what's good about rally. Oh, fantastic. Well, I've uh, very much enjoyed that. I've uh, loved chatting to you, David. So thank you so much for your time. And I look forward to seeing you in Mull this year. Perfect. Thank you very much for having me. And we'll see you then. That's great. See you soon. Thanks so much. Cheers. Thank you.